You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network, and so you know that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with your man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White at RW3 on Twitter, my man Tom at Tom Ryle BTB. And of course, you can interact with us on the Twitter sphere as well as our fantastic blog at bloggingtheboys.com, powered by SB Nation. Make sure to check out all that great content. As Tom, you could not have written a better script for the Cowboys' first six weeks. And the only thing it seems that can stop them from winning a football game these, these days is a bye week. And so that's exactly <laughs> what we've got here uh, as the Cowboys head into their bye week. Slight concern coming out of their game uh, and their victory over the Patriots in overtime fashion when Dak Prescott was pictured in a walking boot before we get into the items that we plan to discuss on the podcast. And we will, right, the items of the offseason that made the biggest difference and have made the biggest difference for this Cowboys hot start. What do you think of the Dak Prescott injury? What are your impressions of it? And how do you think that will play out? I think he's just going to play through it. Uh, the extra week of rest may mean it's not much of an issue at all. Um, we've, we've been hearing injury scares about him ever since he hurt himself last year or got hurt last year, I should say. And, you know, first we heard that he was never going to come back because his ankle was completely ruined. Then, you know, when it seemed like he was doing absolutely great in uh, the offseason training camp, uh, he strained his shoulder and we heard how he was never going to be 100 percent. And now he's like setting team records and tying league records and putting more yards on Bill Belichick than anyone ever has. So I'm I'm not concerned, even with the, the history of underplaying injuries with the Cowboys. I, I don't think this is something that we're going to see impacting them much at all, if, if, if at all. Yeah, my concern level is about a two on the scale of 10. Um, obviously, had he not come out in a walking boot, that concern level would be at a zero. But in my opinion, you don't put a walking boot on a man who's 100% healthy. And you especially don't put a walking boot on someone if you think he can walk around without a limp, because there's no reason to give the media that type of fodder it rolling into a bye week, right? And Dak made a tongue-in-cheek joke about it in the press conference, but there's some truth to that. I mean, he said he wanted to give the media something to talk about, and that's why they did it. But let's be honest, if he didn't have that boot, Dak Prescott would have been limping as he was when he was coming off the field and walking through the tunnel after that game and the clips that were posted by the team's YouTube page and, and by the team's Twitter account. So, you know, on the one hand, I get not being concerned and I agree with you. I think Dak will play through it. And I think he would have played through it had that game gone on longer. With that said, it's more than nothing. It's not yeah. nothing. 
right? So well, we need I'm, to be we need to be cautious of, you know, obviously, you know, lamenting the idea of going panic mode, right? It's not full panic mode, but it isn't nothing. Well, I'm I'm not a medical expert. I only play one on Twitter, but having okay. worn a walking boot uh, for a past uh, problem I had. You have to understand that the, the main thing with the calf strain is they want to immobilize it and let it rest. So what's the best way to do that is to put a walking boot on him, short of slapping in a wheelchair and making him go around. So I think this is just a more a, a common sense treatment to get him the rest and get him back into shape. So yeah, I'm I'm like you. I'm a two, maybe sliding towards a one on it. It's not something that's completely out of my mind, but I, I think he's going to be ready to go for the Minnesota Vikings after the bye, and hopefully they can keep this uh, win train going because this has been just if if as I said at the beginning of an article, if we had been offered the chance to buy a five and one start for the Cowboys before the season ever started. We'd have been scraping together every penny we could get to meet the price for that, whatever it was. So yeah, this is a, this is a great start to the season and it's just interesting. Now that we've got a bye week to take a breath, we don't have a game coming up immediately to sit and look at, what has changed about this team versus the disaster of 2020? So let's get to that a little bit because it's the perfect time to kind of reflect in the bye week. Of course, we can look forward, but we'll do that next week when we get you ready for the Vikings game. How exactly did the Cowboys get here? How did they find themselves five and one after six weeks? And quite frankly, looking like one of the best teams in the NFL. And I don't think I'm saying that just through a Cowboys lens by saying that I think NFL power rankings around the league are starting to identify the Cowboys as a legitimate contender. You look around at some of the, you know, the big time contenders that you would consider them to be right now. And I think you'd have to say in no particular order, Arizona, Tampa, um, Arizona, Tampa, Cowboys, and Maybe the Rams and the Packers. And the Rams. That's the, the Rams were the other one that was escaping me, but definitely the Rams, right? Those, those four yeah. in the NFC, to me, are the true contenders. Now, you also have to lump Green Bay in there because of the division that they're in and because of the quarterback, I think, right? Aaron Rodgers still has to be yeah. in that respect. But as well, we know as Cowboys fans. Certainly. But I don't feel as strongly about this. Aaron Rodgers led team. And I certainly am not scared of this Aaron Rodgers led team when I've got a Dak Prescott led team in my back pocket. So yeah. I feel good about the Cowboys chances on a neutral field to take on any of those teams in the NFC. And then you look at the AFC bills, chargers, chiefs, Cowboys have already shown they can play with one of those teams uh, mm -hmm. in, in the chargers. They'll get an opportunity to play with the chiefs later on. And the bills certainly can be beat as well as we just saw on Monday night football. <laughs> so the Cowboys to me are firmly in a place where they should be considered amongst the best teams in the league. They've played like one of the best teams in the league because again, they've delivered both blowouts and close wins where not everything has gone their way. So when we look at this off season, Tom, and I know you've got an article up on blogintheboys.com that details some of these items, but take me through the items that you believe have contributed the most to the Cowboys success that they took care of, obviously in the off season. Well, 
in the off seasons, particularly, um, the offense obviously had huge problems last year, but the assumption was that better health would solve those ills. And for once, the assumption has has held up. And certainly just getting Dak Prescott healthy, getting a, a an offensive line that even with one substitute player taking the snaps at right tackle, that has played very well. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott literally is in the best shape of his life and playing like it. And the tight ends are looking, they've got a great one-two punch there, even though Blake Jarwin isn't getting used as much. And one of the other things I'll talk about is something that's developed since the season started that probably tracks way back to when they started putting the game plans in place in the offseason. But fixing the real problem on this team, the glaring issue was the defense. And they started almost immediately after the last game of the season when they fired Mike Nolan and went on the search for a new defensive coordinator and rapidly signed Dan Quinn. Quinn has been, I think, as much as we could have hoped for. There were a lot of people were concerned about him coming off the losing issues in Atlanta as their head coach. But he's come in and done something that will also crop up later on that he's helped, helped with. But they, they went from there with the, the shakeup and the entire defensive staff. And then they continued because they went out and got a bunch of their traditional low-cost, high-ceiling kinds of uh, free agents that also came with some risk, mostly health concerns. Yeah, which, by the and way, has not really – ever played out for them in recent years. Yeah, but it kind of has it has this year. It's amazing that it they they rolled the dice and just kept coming up 11 on all of them. Uh, you know, it's it's really was remarkable to see to see these guys come in. The entire safety group while Donovan Wilson was out was a bunch of these free agents. Uh, Keanu Neal has helped them move on from Jalen Smith. Uh They've, you know, they've gotten some good contributions, a little less visible, but on the line, they've got some good contributions from Watkins and Basham. Urban. Uh, yeah, and Urban. Uh, I, I hate to forget him because he is such a, a great personality. But, yeah, it, it just, they're all worth keeping. And we even found out uh, when Tyron Smith had to be looked at on the sideline for a few plays, Ty and Secchi is quite capable of holding down as a swing tackle. Uh, but, you know, we're talking mostly about the defense. They loaded up on free agents, plugged what they saw as a lot of holes. Then they really doubled down in the draft. And how great has this draft looked so far? Micah Parsons, still in the uh, def- defensive rookie of the year conversation. Osa Adigizua, who probably ought to be looked at in that conversation as well if he keeps up the play, he's one of the, the, the top uh, interior linemen in pressures in the whole league, especially if you look at the rookie class. Yeah, not Chauncey, just among rookies. He's been, yeah. I think, for value, he has been far and away their best selection from the draft. Yeah, for his position and everything. Um Chauncey Goldston has been flashing coming off the edge and showing that he is a contributor. We haven't, we we haven't even seen Kelvin Joseph on the field and there's high hopes still for him. Um, You know, I think he's going to be kept in a backup role because the uh, staff is much higher on Anthony Brown than a lot of fans are. 
Uh, you know, and of course, we've got, you know, the the, the god of quarterbacks in, in Trayvon Diggs. So, uh, you know, they got to work Joseph in slowly, but that's great because we don't have to depend on him this year. So this has all come together, as I put it. Quinn got his groceries, and so far he's looking like a master chef at what he's cooking up with this. This still has warts on it. There are still flaws. They give up big plays at frustrating times. But the improvement is just so much better. We're seeing the takeaways in handfuls. We're seeing key stops that we just didn't see last year. And so the Cowboys, with the offense they've got on the field, can go, I think, a long ways this year. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. No question about it, and their offense is showing that, scoring points and bunches with ease against just about anybody they face so far. You know, I mean, I guess I would point to, yes, the defensive upgrade being the biggest improvement from the offseason, but, I mean, really, we just can't discount the fact that Dak Prescott being healthy makes even a turd seem edible, right? Yeah. And in this case – in a division that is so down, just mm-hmm. having Dak Prescott, if they had the exact same team a year ago, but just with Dak Prescott on it, that may be a nine or 10 win team. Now with an improved roster, we could be flirting with 12 or 13 wins as it's oh, yeah. kind of looking like what we may be on track for with this unit that we've got today. Yeah, I think just having a healthy Prescott would have at least won the NFC East. The problem with that is outside of Dallas, the NFC East is another raging dumpster fire right now. The Cowboys have as many wins as the rest of the division combined going into this week's games. And if you look at the, the games, the, the lines uh, coming out of Vegas, that could still be true after the bye week. So you know they're they're all they're all underdogs in their upcoming game, so it's it's really remarkable. Since you're talking about offense, you know I believe that if you're going to steal, you only steal from the best. And I got the next thing, uh, and I did credit him and quote from his article and link to it. Bob Sturm took a look in his uh, weekly decoding more article uh, over at the Athletic at the rise of the twelve personnel package. Uh, just for those who might not be up on it. 
the, the, the number refers to the number of running backs and tight ends in the formation. Uh, 12 is one running back, two tight ends. Now, with a quarterback like Dak Prescott, the, the default formation for most teams is to roll out 11 personnel, just one running back, one tight end, so you can get three wide receivers on the field. Well, the Cowboys are, you know, they're, they're, one of their starting wide receivers is still nursing his way back from an injury. That's Mike Gallup. And um, so that kind of opened it up, even though Cedric Wilson has done yeoman work filling in for him and had some marvelous catches, including the fourth down conversion that kept the drive alive to time the game up. But Stern noted how the Cowboys were running 50% of their plays out of 12 personnel, or they did against the Patriots. And it just worked beautifully. Uh, you know, to quote his numbers, they were averaging 7.6 yards per snap out of 12 personnel. I mean, if you roll out 12 personnel on first down and get 7.6 yards, that means you've got less than three yards on average to go to pick up a first down on second down. So now you can play around. Maybe you'll take a deep shot and still assume you can make the, the conversion on third down. But it, it's just, you don't, that's just not the way the NFL is supposed to be. And yet this is kind of how Mike McCarthy has always preferred things. He always believed in having a strong, a good run game and having it balanced with the passing game, which is one way of saying that, okay, we show you 12 personnel, but guess what? There's going to be a lot of times all of a sudden you're going to be watching a ball go over your heads while you're focusing on trying to stop the run. And when you're trying to stop an Ezekiel or a Tony Pollard, and yet you have to worry about the wide receivers or one of the tight ends leaking out, holy cow. It's a defensive headache, and one of the defensive masterminds that the NFL has ever seen, Bill Belichick, couldn't crack that code. And the Cowboys just basically ran 12 personnel all over him and, and both, you know, both through the air and on the ground. Sounds like a little bit of Belichick's own medicine dating back to yeah. those Gronk and Aaron Hernandez days. And, and yeah, that was on full display for the Cowboys. It's kind of their versatility, and we've talked about that, right? They can beat you really any way an offense is capable of beating you. They can beat you by running the football. They can beat you with big plays in the passing game with the outside wide receivers. They can dink and dunk you if needed by utilizing the running backs in a passing game out of the backfield, or they can just get it to the tight ends in positions where you're contributing all your resources to try to slow down the likes of Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. And we know how dangerous all of those pieces are. So for the Cowboys going forward, it certainly seems like there's every reason to be optimistic. And I think, as I've said previously on this podcast, that the hype train is only going to continue to rise up until – they take on what I believe will be their first real considerable legitimate opponent when they take on the Kansas city chiefs. And even right now that's looking more and more dubious by the day, considering how the chiefs are playing, right? There'll still be people probably taking away from what might be a dominant Cowboys performance against a team like that and say, well, sure they beat the chiefs, but this is not the chiefs of 2020 to that point. Right. As we sit at five and one, I don't think anybody would have predicted even best case scenario that this is where we would be going into the bye week. I think even the most yeah. optimistic Cowboys fans had them at maybe four and two through six. Yeah. Weeks. 
I I think I was one of the people that went on a limb thinking they had a good shot at five and one. I think there was a, we did one of our live streams and I staked my claim on that uh, after the Buccaneers game, the loss. I can't remember if it was that game or the next week, but um, you mentioned something earlier though, because one of the things we're seeing is they just have a wealth of offensive weapons. And in the pregame workup or pre-pod workup while we were getting ready to, to do this, you mentioned something that's kind of intriguing. You want to share that with our audience? I would love to. Well, you look at the Cowboys and you say things seem to be going fairly well right now. And yet coming out of the bye, they're going to see the return of Lyle Collins. We potentially may see the return of Michael Gallup. And then at some point in the near future, we're also going to get Demarcus Lawrence back on the defensive side of the ball. Is there any position where the Cowboys could utilize an excess of talent to potentially upgrade another position or stock themselves up going forward? And I think that answer is staring you in the face when it comes off IR within a week or two's time. Michael Gallup, as good as he is, basically the Cowboys have proven over the last five weeks that they do not need him to be able to have an explosive offense. Now, another team might see some value in Michael Gallup. The question is, are you willing to move him if it doesn't improve your roster in 2021, if it just means a draft pick? My answer to that question is absolutely, as long as that draft pick, quite frankly, is anything above a fourth rounder. And I would take a fourth rounder from him at this point. I know Cowboys fans will say, well, we, you know, we got him in the third. We're kind of downgrading there. I understand that, but other teams will likely capitalize on the fact that they know you don't really need him and they may not offer you anything significant for him, knowing that they've also got to pay him if they want to keep him around. Would a fourth round pick were it offered to you be enough to wet your whistle and part ways with Michael Gallup when he returns from IR? Yeah, there actually might be a couple other ways that could go kind of staying in the same vein. Because Amari Cooper's contract is effectively up. There's uh, he's a free agent in in 2022, uh, even though there's a couple of voidable years on the contract that were there just to spread the uh, cap hit out. Um, I just couldn't see them, I, and I get that. I mean, I yeah. think that's a reasonable proposal, right? If Gallup had been healthy up to this point, then I think it's one we could consider. But mm -hmm. with the trade deadline just two weeks away, November 2nd is the official trade deadline. For the Cowboys, that's really, you know, that's before they play their next game. Or I guess right around the time that they play their next game. And so they would need to make a decision on whether or not they're comfortable with parting ways with Amari Cooper, which would have to mean Michael Gallup would need to be back fully healthy and in their mind capable of taking over that role which I think is just the timeline wise, I just think we don't have enough time to really make that assessment. Yeah. And I don't think the Cowboys would stress to try to make that assessment. Yeah. Now it's yeah. to the point where if there's anything to be gained, it's by offloading Michael Gallup. Would you take yeah. a fourth for him? Would you do that deal? Uh, I'd have to sit and look at it. I'm, I'm not sure I'd go that way. i tell you what, because the other option you see, uh, with Amari Cooper, it would take somebody dangling uh, a 2022 first rounder, you know, which would be very symmetrical yeah. uh, since that's what the, the Cowboys traded a first rounder for him. If it was a, uh, especially if it was an AFC team, 
so that you wouldn't have to worry about them until the Super Bowl, basically, then that might be one that I have to sit down and, and have a discussion about. Although I still would like you, I would lean against it. But what would you take for Cedric Wilson? If Gallup comes back, they're sure he's healthy. They still got Noah Brown, who had a, a nice catch or two against the Patriots. I mean, what would you get for Cedric Wilson, though, Tom? Come on now. How you... desperate How desperate is a team? I don't know. But, you know, would I mean, you take not, a fifth rounder? Not, no more than a fourth. No more than a fifth or a sixth at the best, I think, right? Like, yes, he's made a couple of nice catches, and I'd argue probably two of the most impressive catches of the season, a couple of the biggest catches being on third down, and at least one catch that didn't even count that was one of the best catches we've seen all season. But that's not enough of a resume to me, to think any team would pay you a dime for him, right? I don't even think he's a viable trade piece out there on the, on the market, quite frankly. Like, I think if you dangled him out, teams would laugh at you and say, are you putting him on your practice squad to, you know, and, and not to disrespect what he's done this so far this season. I just don't think he has anywhere near the name recognition or credibility uh, on the well, trade market of what Michael Gallup could potentially bring. Yeah, but, but he also has the same issue coming up as both Wilson and Cooper. Uh, he's not under contract for 2022. He's a free agent. Some Cowboys are going to have to pay somebody out of this trio, and it's just going to be a matter of who they can afford, how they want to do it. Uh, that's well, not if Semi Fahoku ever comes around. Well, yeah, but that's yeah. You're, you're taking a pig and a poke there. Uh, we don't know enough about Simi right now. He hasn't had a chance to show anything, so we don't really know if he's going to contribute that much. But if you're looking, you know, that goes, goes back, and I realize I'm really throwing some stuff on the wall here that people might kind of cringe at, but let's say you could keep Wilson and Gallup for less than it would cost you to keep Cooper. Hmm. You know, that's just... Just some things that go through my twisted little mind. But, yeah, maybe we need to get off of the uh, the uh, wild speculation to get back on the track here with what we're talking about. Well, I think, I mean, this is, it's not wild speculation as much as it is talking through the scenarios that would make sense for a team that we think are major contenders. I mean, to me, yeah. I can't make sense of giving away, if not my top receiver, my number two or one a receiver. I can't make sense of that for sacrificing that in a season that I might win a championship in, or at least think I'm competitive in. I can't justify sacrificing that for the future. What I can well, justify is sacrificing a valuable piece for future considerations. And that's where I'm willing to go as far as Michael Gallup, because I think he's an expendable piece Whereas I don't believe necessarily that Amari Cooper is an expendable piece. Um, well, that's, that's a great segue into another thing that makes all this discussion even viable. That is the fact that C.D. Lamb is having an outstanding sophomore season with the Cowboys. Uh, a lot of people didn't notice that he had a career game against the Patriots. He had his personal best with nine receptions and 149 yards and had two touchdowns, which was a tied his previous best games. So, you know, he's right now not at the top of the league uh, in, in volume stats because he's seventh in total yards tied for ninth in touchdowns, but 
That's because the Cowboys have so many offensive weapons they're throwing out in the field. If, if you get, if you manage to cover lamb Gallup's probably going to be open. If you manage somehow get, take care of both of them, Cedric Wilson's out there, you know, likely to get a big play on you, as you mentioned, then you've got both the tight ends who've shown up. You can bring Zeke and Pollard out of the backfield. It's just, it's a wonderful problem to have because they've got so many players to try to spread the targets around. And let's face it, when they can get it to Lamb a lot, really good things happen, like that thrilling game winner, plus the uh, 24-yard catch he made to set up the game-tying field goal. Just He had an outstanding game that just because you know Dak Prescott and Trayvon Diggs were just lighting things up, uh, people might have let that slip their mind, and we need to throw some love CD's way. Yeah, well, if if there is anybody that justifies Amari Cooper being gone next season, it is the emergence of CD Lamb and and what he's been able to accomplish, and kind of perhaps transitioning and taking that number one job from Amari Cooper at least through six weeks. The numbers suggest that he may have already done so. Um, but with that being said. The Cowboys get to enjoy their bye week at 5-1. and one. They'll get to sit back and watch the rest of the, the division, hopefully flounder a little bit more. And who knows, maybe we can wrap this division up by Thanksgiving and we'll be able to enjoy a nice little ride into December as we get prepared for some January football in the cold yeah. and maybe some home games at AT&T Stadium. And maybe not in the cold, too. Maybe they can keep a lot of stuff at home or, you know, like, if let's say they wound up the number two seed and had to go to Tampa Bay, that's hardly going to be a hardship game. From the I was going to say Tampa Bay or Los Angeles, as long as it ain't the Packers, they'll probably yeah, be pretty happy. They're in, they're in good shape. Yeah. And, and the, the one thing this team has that has just, it's an intangible. This team has attitude. If you followed the sounds from the sidelines that the, uh, the Cowboys media people put out after every win, uh, this team doesn't go in thinking maybe they can win. They go in expecting to win. Uh, that's come from McCarthy. That's come from Kellen Moore. That's come from Dan Quinn. That's come from John Fossil. That's come from everybody. These people, th these players believe in themselves and they believe in the guys lining up with them. And that, you can't put a hard value on that, but it's really, really important. Well, if you want to catch up with the Cowboys and what they're doing here for their off-week break, their bi-week break, you can make sure to follow at Blogging the Boys on Twitter. We will keep you posted on all the social media happenings, any posts that come out from the Cowboys players and what they're up to. We will certainly be sharing with you, so make sure you follow that. Make sure you hit up our YouTube page as well. And then, of course, you can expect another podcast from Tom and I every Thursday right here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network, powered by SB Nation. So next Thursday, we'll get you ready for the Vikings. But for now, enjoy your bye week, Cowboys fans. Can't lose this week, and hell, uh, it's really the only thing stopping us from winning another game. So with that being said, he's Tom Ryle. I'm Roy White, and this has been Riled Up on the Cowboys. You enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you next Thursday. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. 
Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.